and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 528. Yeah. We get, uh, <laughs> We get some parallax action tonight to talk about. Yes, it's got to be something, some highlight to this issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that debatable statement aside, should we jump right into it? Let's yes. do it. So Night Terrors Green Lantern number two, written by Jeremy Adams with art by Eduardo Pancia, uh, Jordi Tarragonia and Julio Ferreira. Colors by Luis Guerrero and letters by Dave Sharp. The title of this issue is Doorways. Hal Jordan is trapped inside of his own head, fighting a nightmare version of Parallax, who quickly shifts from looking like the fear entity to looking like classic Emerald Twilight Parallax, complete with the toothy grin that warms Mark's heart. Nightmare Parallax starts to gloat that while it took some digging, it finally found Hal's fears and now it was game over. Hal just laughs at him because those memories weren't his fears. Those were moments that he could have given in to fear, but chose to push forward instead. It turns out that this nightmare monster has no power over Hal at all and tries to run away. But Hal chases it down and beats it up while casually dismantling all of his own twisted memories along the way. Finally, Hal forces the nightmare creature out of his mind and wakes up in time to take control of Carol's private jet before it can crash. He then surrounds the plane in a construct of a fighter jet and soars off to some other Night Terrors tie-in issue. Then there's the Sinestro backup story, written by Alex Segura, uh, Segura with art by Mario Fosfacilio, colors by Prasad Rao, and letters by Dave Sharp. The title this time is Shards from the Looking Glass Part 2. Uh, Sinestro is torn between the hero he used to be and the monster he's became. Also, a nightmare version of his daughter, Saranic Natu, is, is there to make him feel extra bad. There's one single panel teasing that Sinestro has another loved one out there somewhere, possibly a second child. Then, for no apparent reason, he wakes up and is magically all better, despite not having learned anything or changed at all. So let's That's talk, the issue. So let's let's talk about the second part. <laughs> I think last month when we recorded, you were having Emerald Sight, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because I, th I think you were thinking of how I was going to react to the second part of the story. As if when I applied it to the first part, this second, this Sinestro story is a steaming pile. It makes no damn sense. It just exists to give us some pseudo cool looking. I mean, I don't really like the art, but the art's the only thing that makes this viable because the the whole point of this it's just to give us these weird variants 
of Sinestro that are supposed to represent aspects of his psyche and his personality and the duality of of, of him. And let's give us some weird ass views on uh, uh, representations of Sinestro. And let's do the same thing with Sora. And uh, and let's and let's somehow it's basically the storytelling equivalent of, of pushing Sinestro against the wall constantly until he finally pushes back, except. And then it's miraculously all the fractures of his psyche have been like crazy glued back together again, even though we don't even understand why they fractured to begin with. And there's nothing in this story that should have put him back together again. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. It's just like it's literally just I mean, they you know what they could have done? They could have not wasted our time with these stories and not made Sinestro a, a head case, seemingly. And just have him be Sinestro doing Sinestro things, because apparently that's what he's going to be doing when we see him again next in the actual Green Lantern book anyway. So this is horrible. I'm glad you finally let that out after (laughs) after pretending last month. Uh, But yeah, I I agree. Like the best part about this whole thing is some of the artwork revolving specifically around the nightmare demon version of Sinestro. Uh, Like, and especially like that four panel sequence of it morphing to look like like Hal and then look like a blob and then look like ceramic. There's some cool like body horror stuff going on there. But like yeah. this is a this is a story that didn't end because it reached its conclusion. This is a story that ended because they ran out of pages and it just had to be over. <laughs> like nothing makes any sense. I, I have literally no idea how, why Sinestro woke up from the nightmare and or why he's any better than he was before he fell into it. And that's a really weird thing to say about a story that's all uh, that that is all about Sinestro inside his own head having to to deal directly with his own repressed inner demons. Like this should give us greater insight into what this character is going through, not less. I I I agree. It just it's it just it also just compounds everything because we we don't even know really other than that half-assed explanation because of Dark Crisis about why he was you know why he's all down on his luck Sinestro anyway. That's the other thing. Like I can't I cannot get over the fact that this this whole thing, the whole Sinestro story in this issue and the previous issue, they it absolutely requires you to buy in to the idea that somehow being being turned into a great darkness henchman in dark crisis was somehow grander than any achievement it, Sinestro has ever experienced in his entire life. And I don't buy it. I do not buy it at all. This story is what introduces that idea in the first place and then does literally nothing to explain why we should buy it i agree i just i think it's it's not it it was poorly conceived it was relatively poorly executed yes the art while it's not my favorite style it does the art's the only thing that makes it interesting but it doesn't but and it but to be perfect but even that like interesting with a small eye only because it's not like we haven't seen this before in comic books when you have the parts of you know the the warring parts of your of who you are inside represented in physical form that you see from it's so it's i don't know it's just it's it's weak it's really really weak and it it really takes away from 
the first part of the book, which I thought for the most part was pretty good. Well, we should let Chad tell us why the Sinestro backup was actually his favorite. Uh, the art was good. You know, what's interesting. The the demon version of uh, of Sinestro that we see earlier on uh, in this particular half of the story uh, before it starts morphing kind of reminds me of like, what would Sinestro look like if Sinestro was an inversion? Um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, what's the name of the artist who does the the stairs or whatever? The uh, uh, MC Escher? Yeah, the Escher. That's it. It was on the tip of my tongue and I forgot. The Escher-esque stuff was strange. Was it also Escher who did the like the melted clocks and stuff like that? Or is that I forget. Is that somebody uh, else? I I think it was him. Okay. Yeah, so the Escher-esque backgrounds and stuff like that was um, cool, strange. I don't know that they needed to be there. I mean, you're already in a trippy, weird, morphing, body horror dimension thing. Uh, the Escher-esque stuff maybe is taking it a step too far into zany. Um, I think it would have actually benefited from going harder and being weirder. Like, on the first page, there's these two panels where Sinestro's head is just gigantic, and there's, like, light coming out of his forehead, and he's being, like, crowded by all these random geometric shapes. And I don't know why that happened, but it never happens again. And then a lot of time, like, he's just sort of floating in an inky nether void when, like, it feels like they pass up an opportunity to do something really, like, bizarre with the design of this environment. Like, specifically that page where he's kind of in the fetal position at the top and then following the twisty sidewalk into a door. It's just kind of a lot of blank, empty space. And, like, there could have been something more visually interesting about it. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think that page... There's a lot of blank space and the, 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 the inky, like you referred to as the nether void or whatever. I actually like that page uh, in terms of... Uh, it's sort of guiding your eye through the conversation that's happening on the page there. Um, so that's kind of cool. It, 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 it's pleasing to the eye in terms of uh, the flow that your mind goes through just to read all this. But yeah, the whole fault in this honestly isn't necessarily the art and maybe even isn't necessarily the writing. It's just the predicating it all on the fact that dark crisis means fucking anything. Uh, you're, you're missing a, it's like trying to build this puzzle out without completing the edges first. Uh, if the edges aren't there, I don't know if this puzzle is halfway through a hundred percent through, uh, are we 10, are we missing only 10%? Like how, how many more pieces till we get to the edge? And that, that is kind of what it feels like. Like it's a weird metaphor, but whatever. Uh, it's what my mind came up with. Uh, and I just, yeah, it, it falls a little bit flat because like especially because the art I think is the art is well done, because if you look at the Sinestro's face on that last page, he's like, yeah, man, I'm back. And his his uh, own internal narrative boxes there, you know, pretty much confirm such. But nothing earns that face in this story. So, yeah. Yeah, I still don't think the art's that great. I mean, it, it's it's exaggerated and based on since it's a, a nightmare, netherworld kind of thing. I think that it it works. Surprised you didn't criticize all the uh, uh, blank, the backspace, blank space, whatever the hell term you like using. 
because we got a lot of that in this. <laughs> but nonetheless, there, there was I, I kind of mentioned it, you know, in 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 the in that page that I was talking about with him walking through the thing. But yeah, it, it's it's blank space kind of, but they're using that the space background and the swirls of color and stuff like that. So I give it a, give it a, a pass, small, <laughs> a small, a small pass. It, it's, it's still recognizably blank space because um, in terms of putting pen to paper, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of the stuff we see on that page didn't exist except for Sinestro and him walking around on this path. So, I mean, I feel like if you took Sinestro and all the text off of that page, it would make a killer like phone background. <laughs> yeah but like i don't know i don't know i feel like and we'll talk more about this in the how jordan part but in a lot of ways this whole issue reminds me of like a 90s comic but not in a good way and like especially like when you turn the page and you get to like nightmare sora what the hell even is this design and like what like there's lots of there's lots of things in Night Terror's Green Lantern number two that feel like we're trying to be capital X extreme and it doesn't land for me. At least the artwork in the second story is more consistent, I think. So I think there's something there. Well, three people drew the first part. I know I'm I, I know what I'm saying. You know, at least at least because there is consistency, even though it's not my style. And I think it's it. I don't. I'm not necessarily a fan. From an art perspective, I give it more of a, a passing grade than, than the first story, which I really like. But some of the but the art is so inconsistent, and some of it I really don't like so much that it just it's well. I like. I, it's like I like the story being told, but not how it's being visualized enough. But I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna give it a thumbs up. Yeah, and I want to say like I, th- Mario Facillo. I I believe he's the one who on social media has been like very energetically engaging with green lantern fandom and like keeps tagging all of us in in posts highlighting like panels from from uh this issue as it was upcoming and i would like to see him draw more stuff i just think i i I feel like overall night terrors kind of came out of nowhere and people had to adapt on the fly so i feel like if in like a normal regularly scheduled project that has like the proper amount of of lead time to it we would be getting a much better showing from everybody involved here yeah i could see that all right first story somebody talk <laughs> spill the beans uh well i wanted to correct something i said last time because i assumed that hal was fighting insomnia who is the main villain of night terrors overall but there's a page in here that that uh has the nightmare parallax refer to insomnia as his master or whatever so this is apparently one of potentially many like nightmare henchmen that are searching through different characters heads for the uh nightmare stone so it's not it's not how confronting the big bad of the event like i thought it was I will say Kyle Rayner would be proud of the mech constructs that Hal put together to punch the ever-loving shit out of Parallax. Yes, that was a cool page. <laughs> um, I will say, like, so we're talking, uh, and I'm just going to get it out of the way. Uh, there, there, uh, There's more stuff in here about the Kilowog thing that's interesting. 
Um, you know, we'll see where they go with it. But again, this it worries me because it's like they're telegraphing and they're telegraphing so hard uh, for any. It, it's 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 so hard to to be objective about it because invested. I'm seeing it because huh? <laughs> you're invested in your theory. No, no, too. no, 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 no. <laughs> um, it's because it's already on the forefront of my mind. So it's almost impossible for me to put myself in the mind of a reader uh, who isn't already aware of that potential, that potentiality of happening in the story. So I can't tell if it's super obvious or not, but every time it's mentioned, I'm like, I, I see those as more obvious than maybe they're reading to other people. And it's, it's a little bothersome. So I'm a little worried that this is a, you know, a false trail for us to follow. Yeah. Well, I feel like whether it's is or not, it represents a, a fundamental problem with night terrors trying to to integrate into the story that was already being told in Green Lantern. In that, if Hal is trapped in his own head, fighting somebody whose entire power set revolves around dredging up the contents of Hal's memories, particularly the memories that are most painful, it shouldn't be possible for this thing to still be a secret that gets danced around the fact that we're having this happen at all should whether it's whether it's narratively satisfying or not this should be putting all the cards on the table because that's the only thing that makes sense with this kind of fight yeah and it's and you know there's the 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 hints early on because they mention it briefly but then they they almost outright say it at the end towards the end of the issue because this is typical Jordan letting your own family die just like you let him die on Korrigar. But you don't like to talk about that, do you? And he says, get out of my head. Struck a nerve of struck a nerve with a dose of reality, did I? So that's that's I think that's as close to saying it as they've gotten thus far. Well, um, then late, I forget where it is, but he, uh, it's right before he throws the big punch. He he flat out says, like, you know, my good friend Kilowog once told me like and and he throws out that uh, false evidence appearing real acronym for fear, which eh. <laughs> I mean, I I get what he's going for. But like, again, this is just my stupid nerd brain going like, I don't think that with the universal translators going that would make sense for Kilowog to what we well, yeah, whatever it's it's literally never going to come up again i'm just going to move on well you got to take that with a grain of salt though because remember Kilowog has spent significant time on earth and can speak english oh does he speak i forgot he speaks english yeah because uh back when he was building the rocket reds and all that stuff and he was based on earth with the other lanterns that yeah, released they- the lanterns that were left but they still had their rings, so I just assumed like it was all no, translator. He, no, he can he can speak English. Okay. But yeah, no, I I thought this was I thought this was you know cool. I like there's a lot of cool moments like you know the false evidence appearing real thing, uh, the beware my power. Hey, no, that's my line. I'm Green Lantern, your worst nightmare. Him saying eat your heart out, Clark, and flexing, you know all that stuff. That was. That was very, you know, those moments where Hal just will powers the hell out and brute forces his way past things uh, that we see again a lot. But 
they I feel like they were done a little cornier than they usually are, but maybe they're just always corny and it's just something we got to get used to with a Green Lantern comic those moments. Well, they're, <laughs> they're always corny, but like the the thing is like this time around they gave Hal it's it's such a weird thing because Hal Jordan of all people overcoming fear and like showing the bad guy that he can't be manipulated through fear is like perfectly in character and on brand. But in this particular instance, it comes at the expense of everything that was interesting about the previous issue, because it basically takes all of the, all of the things that we could have learned about how Hal sees himself from those, those uh, nightmare visions and kind of throws it all away because he's like, nah, that you don't, you just, that's not what you thought it was. And then he casually steamrolls through all of them like they're nothing this time around, which, hey, you know what? It, there's room for it to be Hal just choosing to not acknowledge the problem and kind of go for the easy answer, which would be more interesting. But I don't know. It, it, it's like this issue kind of threw out everything I liked about the last issue for the sake of having a big long action scene, which kind of felt out of character at a certain point. Cause like there's a page in here where Hal, where is it? I have to read it because it's just, it's, it's so dumb. Hal gets to the, the funeral scene and he just says, Hey fam, missed me. And then he pulls out a construct chainsaw and shotgun which i have to believe is an evil dead reference yes and spend and spends like three pages massacring zombies in a fight scene that would have made more sense if this was guy gardner and like i'm like i'm like what is what's going on here like this doesn't seem this is not Hal's style he's he doesn't make assault rifles and shotguns this much he would I do not for a second believe he has ever heard the turn of phrase high fam. Like what like what's happening here? <laughs> I don't even think he's ever seen Evil Dead. Hal Jordan does not seem like the type who would who would be down for cheesy horror movies. Well, apparently he has. <laughs> I I don't mind the tone of this issue if it if if you are correct, if it hadn't been so dramatically different in the tone in the first. It seems like almost everything we saw in the first issue was somewhat effective not as effective as they wanted he put up a lot of resistance he was able to see through everything he knew it wasn't real but yet but it still had some kind of effect on him unless you want to read into it that the the uh trump card that they thought was going to work on him the most parallax card was actually the one that he had that deep down he's he he's got the most either resistance to or the most Hesitate to say anger, but it's the most. But he has the, he is more driven by will to resist that and to push back instantaneously, involuntarily. That that because once they play that card, then that just kind of pumped him up, and, and everything else was just it just it just mag it just magnified how everything was just kind of like garbage before, and it's like well. Almost like Hal was going along with it to a certain extent, and then he, he didn't quite understand. But then once they played the parallax card, it was so blatantly obvious where they were going that now he has like he has no patience for the BS anymore, and he just pushes through everything. But I do agree that the tone is inconsistent, and I think that I don't think that necessarily plays well. 
And just like with the Sinestro story, they had the pages to explore this, but instead we get a big long fight scene that I'm sure, like, I am sure I am in the minority and not really enjoying. Part of it is as a, because like after, after the double page spread where he throws that punch, that big punch, which looks awesome, that's where the art changes. And I also kind of stop liking how this book looks. Like, I like cartoony art styles, but something about this looks off. And I think what I'm seeing, it's like I mentioned very 90s qualities. As soon as Hal manifests that giant gun to shoot Parallax, like, he looks like an overinflated, muscle-bound 90s comic character shooting huge guns. And I'm like, what? what is going on? Like, he... Why is Hal Jordan this veiny and mean looking? Well, it's odd when you look at that parallax because it obviously must be a reference to the movie Parallax. Yeah, maybe. Because you see, because you kind of see the skulls and you kind of see the tentacles and things like that. So that doesn't really. It's pro. It probably is a a little a little homage to that, just like the Evil Dead thing and 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 other things. I just can't get over like like on that that uh splash page where he shoots parallax into the building it looks like if you if you like prick him with with a pin he would deflate it's it's almost like somebody aping ed mcginnis yes that's the style i thought of too and like i yeah like i just i just i don't know i did really like the fact that this entire story took place in like the second it took hal to go through the doorway to the cockpit and yeah, like, that like, was good. Yeah, it's like, and it's, I mean, the the issue, the story's called Doorways, and like, it's, it really does like kind of use, it, it's used that motif through both parts of like, oh, it started with him trying to enter through the door of the cockpit in the plane, and instead he's been going through door after door to memory after memory, and now he emerges back through the door he started with, and and yeah, I like that kind of time bending, dream logicy thing. Like there was, there were cool things in this. Like I love the the panel where Hal just sort of looks down and smiles when he realizes what the the monster has been trying to do. And he's like, "Buddy, you picked the wrong guy." And like the 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 moment of him forcing the monster out of his mind is aesthetically like one of my favorite things in this entire issue i was just gonna say there are lots of elements of this issue which indicate that you know that adams gets gets hal jordan and that's and that's a nice and that's a nice thing to that's a nice thing to feel and in a way it contrasts directly with what we kind of see at the end in the story because it's not necessarily that you know sinestro is 100 percent portrayed wrong but it's just you don't get you don't get the vibe that oh yeah this is like this is re- this is real vintage Sinestro in this it's like no but in this you can certainly say oh yeah this is this is this is kind of like how like spitting you know spitting into the wind and doing what he's gonna do just because uh, people say that he can't or no or, or somebody thinks that oh they forgot they can stop him just by putting a roadblock in front of him and it's like no that's not what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I just think um it, it, there's there's definitely problems with this issue. And there are problems with the last issue. You got to put these two together as a whole. But I have to say, Hal's cockiness is not without, you know, 
its uh, its roots. It's it's we've seen Hal be cocky before, and technically it's kind of earned here because when you're on uh, operating under the powers uh, and experience of someone who utilizes the emotional spectrum. That's probably about as raw a form uh, and as powerful a form of fear as you can possibly encounter. So, you know, somebody like, say, Scarecrow, not going to do much to you. And somebody, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm not saying that Insomnia is on the or his uh, denizens are on the level of uh, Scarecrow. But like, I, I think everything else not involved with the emotional spectrum has to be. Uh, less than or diluted in some way in terms of the potency of their fear for somebody like Cal Jordan um, or even other lanterns who've experienced uh, being possessed by parallax or whatever, you know, Kyle should have no problem here. Um, You know, uh, I would say some of some other lanterns, I think uh, I would, I would hope most lanterns (laughs) would have no problem with this. Um, but, you know, uh, if if Hal is good at any one thing, we know what it is. And it's brute forcing his way through a problem. And the minute he realizes that this is, A, not real, and B, all things that he's either processed and gotten over or whatever, he's just like, all right, well, now we got to get out of this. And this ain't no thing for me. <laughs> so, honestly, I... The the cheesy moments and everything aside, he's just powering through and having fun with it because it is of no threat to him whatsoever, as it rightfully shouldn't be. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, maybe maybe Jessica would have had a problem with something like this. Maybe, yeah. but she's also kind of been through this in a way. That's true. It's not, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, it's not. It wouldn't be. Again, part part of the this is an effective strategy or an effective story. But type, but it, again, the counterbalance to that is we've been there, done that, and we and we understand that the idea of hey, like nightmare manifesting your your subconscious, everything that all your hidden fears or all the things you've never really come to grips with, and all these things that it's uh it has it's been there, done that, it's effective, it can be effective, and because it makes you everybody who reads it or watches it looks they look within themselves. And think about their own inner demon. So I think psychologically it's an effective storytelling tool. But yes, it's it's been done to death with all these characters, with even Green Lanterns and even Jessica's and in comic book characters in general. So it's not it's not overly original. But yeah, I, I, we we've actually seen Jessica being forced to relive the moment where yep. friends were killed, right? So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's quite literally been through this so uh, i i i honestly don't see any of the human lanterns having a problem with this uh and you know like i said i would hope any any green lantern that we could name of any substance uh alien lantern should also pretty much have no problem with this uh maybe maybe trip and stumble a little bit through a couple of things depending on the lantern but the moment they realize this isn't real, the moment they realize that this isn't ringing 100% true for them and what they've been through and what they've processed, they're they're out of there. They're just going to brute force their way through it. Which is why it was probably a mistake to make this a standalone Green Lantern 
tie-in like instead of having a green lantern tie-in what if what what if instead of the structure we got what if night terrors was just a a arc in justice league and hal was one of the justice leaguers that was trapped and because of the nature of who he is and how his powers work he's the one that doesn't succumb to it and ends up kind of helping the others get back to get back to themselves it's it almost feels like a missed opportunity to have hal be the only person dealing with this when there are no stakes for him really since he once he gets over the initial shock of what's going on it's it's nothing well i mean i guess i guess we'll see because it literally says it's gone i'm back but I can't be the only one that was affected by this wave. Uh, I have to go find this thing, stop it. But first I need to get everyone to safety. And it says, follow Green Lantern as he chases down this nightmarish menace in the pages of Night Terror's Night's End. Yeah, um, have, have fun with that, Chad. Yeah, uh, I actually I've read the was it for the free comic book day thing first that came out and then it was Night Terror's First Blood. Uh, and I think that's all I've read so far. I'm behind on a lot of different reading. So, uh, but I'm mostly in Night Terrors, the main story for Dead Man stuff. So I'm letting that build up so I can enjoy it all at a clip. Hey, so I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys know once we get around to covering what issue three when it hits, how Night Terrors ended up. Good. Cause I like horror comics and Green Lantern is uniquely well suited for exploring themes of fear. So I would hope. Like I, I, I really wanted to get something good out of this, and it just kind of missed me. So hopefully there are Night Terrors books out there that are actually really good. I would like to read them if they are. I've heard, but, uh, I've heard good things. I think about the Joker one, which is strange. Uh, I think I've also heard good things about Nightwing and Zatanna as well um but i uh, i think issue three just came out this week as well issue three proper so we have the free comic book day issue the first blood issue and three issues of the main series proper so far and i think it's supposed to be five issues or four issues of a main series and then there's going to be night's end which will be the wrap-up okay so. i didn't realize there was a main miniseries i thought it was just a one like book like a bunch of mini uh, of uh, tie-ins that were bookended by two one-shots. I didn't realize there was like a Night Terrors miniseries. Yeah, there's a Night Terrors mini. All right. Hey, did Hal encase the private jet in a construct fighter jet just because he likes flying that kind of plane more? Probably. And speed, I would assume. Oh, yeah. How else are you going to make that jet fly faster? True. It would be a nice touch if he's like, if like he noticed it was out of gas, so he just had to like make it a different plane. <laughs> you know, a thought I had earlier is that this is kind of the second time we've seen this happen at the beginning of a Green Lantern run. You know, like Jeremy Adams is starting work on his Green Lantern series and editorial comes along and says, hey, Jeremy, we're doing this small event called Night Terrors. We'd like you to write two tie-in issues. And, you know, if they can somehow fit into your story that you're already writing, that would mm-hmm. be great. Uh, now just replace Night Terrors with Future State and Jeremy Adams with Jeffrey Thorne. And it's the same thing all over again. The biggest difference 
is that this time the event came right after the run started instead of right before it. So they just they they just keep doing it. <laughs> they just keep dropping these weird little events on writers that just want to tell their story. Well, the other difference is the this Green Lantern book actually seems good. <laughs> that that book that that book may have had a decent first issue, but it kind of like was going steadily downhill almost immediately after issue one. So yeah, well, and you you touched on earlier that uh you know you can still tell in this issue that Jeremy Adams seems to have a grasp on who Hal Jordan is, and that's why like ultimately Night Terrors doesn't change anything for me because. Like when I think about Night Terrors one, Night Terrors Green Lantern one and two, and compare that to Green Lantern one and two that came right before it, both by the same writer, the like the problem isn't Jeremy Adams. The problem is clearly Night Terrors. So like one of the one of these two distinctly different stories he was he was uh, brought on to write had time and attention and passion and creativity behind it the other very much feels like it was dropped in his lap last minute which is why like i really can't hold anything against any of the people that created that like worked on writing and art for this thing because sometimes you just got to do the best you can with the time you have (laughs) (laughs) and at the end of the day maybe great Maybe just having a because of what green a Green Lantern or what Green Lantern as a concept is that it just seems to be it's a tough sell for this kind of this knockoff version of Nightmare to really have an to have an effect or to be that successful versus a bunch of other characters with different power sets and it just especially with Hal it just seems like this if they're you know. If Styles make fights, this was a bad this was a bad matchup. They should they should have avoided. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I remember when they first started talking about Night Terrors as an event, and they didn't announce all of the tie-ins yet. And I I said out loud to somebody, I'm like, if they do an event all about confronting fears, and there's no Green Lantern tie-in, that will be the dumbest decision. And now here I am, after reading two issues of it, and kind of wishing that they, they were didn't dumb. do a Green Lantern <laughs> tie-in for it. You know what? I'm down for dumb. Uh, oh, uh, and I just want to briefly touch on the absolute best thing about this issue, the cover, which is like the coolest metal album art spooky Halloween cover I've seen in a while where it's like a skull and it's a it's skeleton hand coming out of the ground wearing a green lantern ring and the skull is filled with like green light and it's all like it's such a cool image. I wish they just made a poster of this instead of printed a comic. <laughs> <laughs> I see I again I genuinely love the the title graphic for this where it's green night terror's green lantern with the logo underneath it and the skull up top like on the top of like a mortuary or grave or whatever yeah but uh on to the on to the the series proper now we're going to be back on track as of next month right yes feels like we've been away for so long (laughs) (laughs) most i think mostly because we because even though the john stewart backup stories didn't give us all that much we knew they were building towards something and so they could swapped out those stories with 
with the relatively crappy Sinestro stories, which so it's 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 like it's a break. It's like it's like a pause, but not a good pause. And now it's like we have to go back and pick up with the John Stewart stuff, just mostly because it leads directly into the series. Now the, there there are two more John Stewart backups. Thought there was one. Mm, no, one more. Yeah. Yeah. Issue oh, three wait. finishes it. Oh wait, does that mean is next month when the John Stewart book starts? No, October. October. Is. That's oh, why. Okay. That's why. That's why it works because this came out in August. So the next one comes out in September. So then, boom, then you're in August and then you get the two books. Okay, because I, for some reason, I thought that the issue of the Hal book that has the final John backup came out like a week before the first John issue. That maybe mm. I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. We'll we'll read it all anyway. Yes, we will. All right. Anything else we want to talk about tonight? I don't know. Has anybody uh, written any blogs recently? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have. Wow. I honestly, I I, I even made a post to like about this over on Twitter today. I was like, and it wasn't like you know trying to fish for anybody to to read it. I was a legitimate question, or like a legitimate question though. Like, are blogs dead? <laughs> because I don't. It, it feels like everything's being consumed in either audio or video formats nowadays so am i just essentially writing long form <laughs> scripts that i should be turning into youtube videos um which the answer is no because i really don't enjoy video editing so i'm not about to make it uh into a channel unless somebody else wants to have me record audio and come up with my own scripts and they do the editing that's totally fine i just can't stand to do that so but yes, uh, long long story short, long time ago I created a blog about Ragman, the suit of souls dot com, and um, it's been a little while since I posted over there because podcasts and stuff. I mean, the Lantern Cast and then Creative Credit and any other podcast stuff I want to do tends to take up the portion of my free time that I want to devote to something content production wise. Um, so uh, circling back around to do a blog can, can fall by the wayside a lot, but I got to thinking the other day um, that uh, we didn't know much yet uh, about the earth 13 Ragman character that was introduced to us in Grant Morrison's the multiversity. Now, uh, when we got that new map of the multiverse and everything, um, and I thought it'd be fun to take advantage of the time that we currently have because someone is, you know, someday someone's going to pick up the ball of either Ragman himself on Earth 13 or the Earth 13 League, which is known as the League of Shadows, which makes up like Super Demon. Uh, there's a lot of cool concepts over actually on Earth 13. Um, so someone's going to pick up that ball and run with it someday. So I might as well put together some sort of something that encapsulates as much as we know about this. Uh, one of the very few alternate versions of Ragman we've ever gotten in comic history. And uh, I put together the first of a two-part post, uh, everything we know about the Earth-13 Ragman. Um, uh, just based on the very few times we've seen him uh, and seen his powers displayed such as they are, there is actually one quote-unquote full story that we got in a Christmas special called DC's Very Merry Multiverse special. 
And it's a Ragman story. One of, you know, it's an anthology book, but there's a Ragman story from this Ragman on Earth 13. And that's actually where we learn his name, his origin, stuff like that. Um, hence having to break it up into two parts. So that'll be coming sometime next week, which I guess will be maybe already out by the time you guys hear this episode. So these suit of souls.blogspot.com. There should be two posts over there. Um, learning everything you can about the Earth 13 Ragman. It should be out because this won't be the next episode released. <laughs> what episode number is this again? This 528. Remember the one we did last week? Oh, yeah, that's right. We are ahead of the game, which is why which is why things make are sli- coming out slightly less, can't say promptly, but timely maybe, but we because we have we still have one episode in the can lately for the last few weeks, but as we sit down to record another one, which you, which usually is a, is a good, is a good thing. Uh, the Sinestro, the, the Sinestro McFarlane multiverse Batman, they, they have shipped. So if you had ordered, pre-ordered yours at Target, you, if you didn't get it, the odds are it's on its way. I got mine last week. I didn't open it yet. I don't know if I will, but it looks pretty, it looks pretty cool. It looks like they actually they did a really nice job, which also just continues to anger me that they could do a completely authentic Sinestro Core Batman figure, and yet we got that abortion of a parallax figure. But it's good. I, I so I certainly I certainly would recommend from a lantern perspective that would be a, that that's a good that's a good one to get. Yes, if uh, if you want to see an unboxing of it, I recommend you guys. Um, go visit uh, the Emerald Enthusiast. That's Donnie uh, over on Twitter or wherever he posts stuff. He's also on TikTok and stuff like that. But he does tend to do unboxings anytime he gets things, and he has unboxed the uh, the new Sinestro Batman. He doesn't like do the whole unboxing and talking over it and talking about articulation and stuff, but he puts it on one of those rotating stands, you know, in box, out of box, blah blah blah, so you can get a good look at it. Yeah, it's what it's 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 pretty good. I, I I'm 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 impressed with it. I'm tempted to open it. I just I'm right now I'm going to leave it in the box. But I, but it is because I debated about ordering it like you and I talked about when once it became available. It's like, eh, it's like it's not like I don't have a Sinestro Core Batman and it's not like it's, I'm dying to have another one. But it is a good but it is a good sculpt. And even though if you buy it, people would it really they're just going to view it. Hey, it's another Batman figure and you're supporting Batman more than supporting Green Lantern. But but still, it's uh, and we know we're getting Sinestro eventually anyway. So <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan, have you been getting any of those figures? I haven't. I don't know. I've I'm trying to make myself be picky about it because I know like the floodgates will just open if I start getting everything that looks cool. I'm way mm-hmm. I'm I'm in that that frustrating gray zone where I'm like, all right, I have to wait for like. I want to wait for like the best stuff, but then the best stuff comes along and is like a thousand dollars. I'm like, oh well, no, gonna wait some more now. <laughs> let's see, let's see what comes around next time. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that XM Studios sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've seen Guardians. Oh, that's right, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. What do you think? We. Uh, it's the best movie of uh, this era of Marvel movies thus far. You mean phases four and five? Yeah. Which is always tough. Again, I remember when Dan and I talked about this and we did the review that I don't I'm reluctant to say that it is only because I still I think No Way Home might very well still be better to me. But I haven't seen it in so long 
that but i'm not willing to just jump on all oh, this is the this is the latest one that's good so it's got to be better than it's it's the most it feels the most like phases one through three because of course it was written in phase three <laughs> so it makes perfect sense and it's james gunn so but yeah it's it, it's good i've have not sat down to watch it in its entirety since it's been on disney plus i've put it on i put it on late uh knowing i was going to fall asleep to it and i listened to it a couple of times but i'm, I'm gonna i'm looking forward to sitting down and, and watching it again yeah for sure it's good though i'm glad i watched it so other yep, than that i think that's all we got huh yeah it's certainly it's 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 certainly for you because you hadn't seen it before it's a good palate cleanser to come after secret invasion Oh, oh, speaking of which, what are your thoughts on Secret Invasion, Dan? <laughs> I haven't watched it. Oh, you, I thought I figured you'd be up to date on it. No, like I it it's it snuck up on me. Like I think like two or three episodes were already out before I realized it had started. And then I saw like I saw the uh, somebody posted a clip of the uh, the AI generated title sequence. I'm like, <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. So not only am I not excited about this, the this part looks disgusting, and I hate everything it stands for. So hey, great. I'm maybe I'll watch this show someday. For right now, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't say you're wrong, Dan. All right, Dan. Here's your chance. Mosaic us, baby. Oh, why well, you mean you must be in. Mosaic Comics, the YouTube channel. Where yeah, Jim's, yeah, Jim Ford's, Jim Ford's YouTube channel, apparently. Famous home of Jim Ford. Tax shelter to one Jim Ford. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mosaic Comics is my channel where I, I make analytical video essays about just comics I love, mostly Green Lantern, but I'm, I'm finally starting to take the, the mosaic part of the name a little more literally. You know, so pretty soon I'll pose my eighth installment in my question and answer audience Q&A series, uh, as well as the channel's first manga video talking about a series titled Free Rim Beyond Journey's End, a series that just started relatively recently, which I fell in love with instantly. And now it's one of my favorite ongoing comics. Then there will be a video talking all about an old issue of Spider-Man that I believe shows us the best possible way to end Spider-Man as a comic book franchise. As well as another video titled How to Fix the Green Lantern Corps, where I identify a handful of foundational pillars to the concept of Green Lantern as a sci-fi property, explain why they're all actually very bad, and then suggest ways to change them, which I'm sure won't be controversial at all. <laughs> so if any of that sounds interesting to you, give the Mosaic YouTube channel a try, and if you enjoy it, subscribe, because there's a lot more like this coming that you won't want to miss. And Jim Ford needs the views. Jim, like Jim, just he needs new suit, new shoes. He's just it's <laughs> it's getting so cold out there these days. <laughs> oh God! So for us, lanterncast at gmail dot com. The website is lanterncast dot com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. hashtag geocasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher still for a few more weeks. And please leave us a positive view on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 708 or text 708 Lantern. Let us know what you think. Our YouTube channel, Lantern Cast Vids. And if you still want our Discord, 
Lanterncast at gmail.com. I will send it to you. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.